This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. In the air to left field. Going back on it. It is gone! Kevin Franzen sends everybody home! Ball coming, coming down! down. What up and welcome to an episode of Pine Tar for Breakfast. It's your host Kevin Franzen. What's going on everybody? I know it's uh, been a little bit into the off season, but sometimes you got to let things uh, marinate, right? And for me, I am super excited because I think in this week is a very important, I think it's one of the most important weeks for the, the history of the Philadelphia Phillies franchise. I really believe that because not only are you going into year two of Bryce Harper's contract and year one was pretty damn good. You had a, a lot of stuff paved by Gabe Kapler. And for me personally, uh, I, I think there was a lot of good and it's going to be, you know, overlooked but what he did you know analytically and and you know nutrition wise and and other stuff throughout the entire organization I think was key to this and now you bring in someone that has some experience or a lot of experience that if it's down to these last three that I, I feel like is nothing but good for this franchise any way that you go and I want to talk a little bit about you know kind of each th- each individual candidate and Joe Girardi, Dusty Baker, Buck Showalter, what they bring to the table and, you know, thoughts on that. And, you know, maybe go a little bit on the Houston Astros and Washington Nationals. I know you don't want to hear that. You guys are all going to want to be, oh, the Nationals. No, no, no. Look, I'm all about National League Baseball. So I'm going for the National League just to let you know. And this has nothing to do with playing for the Nats at any point in time. But this is a part of, hey, I got buddies on that team, but I'm a National League guy, and I want the National League to win, and I want the National League East to win because I, it just ignites a lot of different scenarios. Do you want it easy? We'd all love to have things easy. But, you know, whether the Braves, the Mets, the Nationals, for years to come, it's going to be a tough division. So it's going to ignite the competition within. So we'll get into that a little bit. But first, I think, uh, you know, going on everyone's second interview, and you have Joe Girardi coming in today to Philadelphia for a second interview. It should be midway through right now. Um, You know, I'm very personal and biased towards Dusty Baker, being from the Bay Area. I have known him for a long time, playing for the Giants, never played for him. But uh, being California, Northern California guys, uh, I've grown to – talk to him quite a bit, respect everything about him, love everything about him. Um, and I, and I, I think that that bodes well with, with every player. You don't hear any negatives when you'll play for Dusty Baker. And there's a reason for that. He always has your back. 
Um, he's going to let you police yourselves. He's going to have some rules, but I mean, I feel like there's a, there's policing yourself and understanding the clubhouse atmosphere. He does a great job with that. Um, I think he would be a great fit there, but then again, I'm all, all three of these guys would be great fits in Philadelphia. So when I look at, you know, Dusty Baker, is he 70 years old? Yes. Blah, blah, blah. The dude wears images on his wristbands when he manages and with, with a toothpick. Come on, Philadelphia. You know that would work. Anyway, can you imagine just like a, uh, you know, I don't know, Tony Luke's cheesesteak before? Got to pick it out with a little toothpick. I'm in. I'm in. When you look at it, you know, just the, the resume in itself from Dusty Baker and 1863, 1636 losses. If I do the math, that's 200 and close to 230 wins above 500. That's pretty good. Pretty good for 3,500 games in his career. Nine playoff appearances, three-time manager of the year. And for me, I think you go, you don't go wrong if you go to Dusty at all. You don't. You're going to get some passion. Bryce has played for him. Bryce loves him. You got Reese Hoskins, who is from Sacramento as well, from where Dusty is. And I think that'd be a fantastic, fantastic marriage. Number two, Buck Showalter. And you look at Buck and all those years that he's had with uh, Baltimore Orioles of recent. And he's had so much experience with Andy McPhail, as does Dusty and, and Andy McPhail. And um, you saw what they did there. And look, Baltimore is Baltimore. I'm not a... I'm not going to say it's a the big market. It's not. It's not Philadelphia. And the New York time, the Arizona time, the Texas Rangers time, it just looked, that's fine. He could do whatever. The guy managed, Buck Showalter managed the Yankees at 36 years old. <laughs> that That's insane to me. Uh, he brings a lot of, you know, I, I think there's a grit behind Buck. Guys like playing for him. Uh, I, I I think there's the analytics side that you don't know between him and Dusty who's going to be more accepting of it. Uh, they could say all they want, but it, it, they are a part of the time when, you know, you take a little little pride and, and passion towards the managing part, the the being a, a leader of a clubhouse, being the the gut instinct on the field. And relying, you know, not only, you don't, you know, when people say gut instinct, it's not like, hey, I'm just going to shoot from the hip on this one. No, the gut instinct is doing your research, doing your, you know, preparation through everything and, and going in game in that moment. What do you do? How do you react? And and for me, Dusty and him do a great job. Um, you know, also a three-time manager of the year. He's got 1,551 wins, 1,517 losses. Five playoff appearances, and that's pretty good. Um, and so you, you look at the teams in in Baltimore, and they played hard. They had a lot of power. They did a lot of things that you know you you wish um, your your Phillies team did this year. And we're looking at someone that you know for me would be a good choice. And the last one today is uh, Joe Girardi. Uh, Joe Girardi, nine hundred eighty eight wins, seven hundred fourteen losses. Six playoff appearances in 11 years between the Marlins, which people forget about, and the New York Yankees. Now, 
if you asked me before, what would my choices be? It'd probably be Dusty, Joe, and Buck. And and more and more, I listened to to Joe Girardi speak on on the broadcast. He and AJ Pierzynski and and whoever they may be with at the time uh, has really opened my eyes. And and I number one, I've always respected Joe Girardi, but it was trying to understand because he does come across at times like he's he's tough. He's got that, you know, it, it, it's a uh, military family style, um, very perfect for Philadelphia, right? I mean, there's a, there, there's something about a perfect candidate, and the more you go about things, you're like, okay, I like this. And if you look at the age, the 55, does that help? Maybe, maybe. I mean, Dusty and Buck have shown that they could win quite a few games in their in their careers. It doesn't matter the age of, of who you are. But long-term-wise, could could he be, you know, 10 years in Philadelphia? Absolutely. Why not? You know, and and for me, I, I, I think of those New York Yankee teams that, that go from, you know, Joe Torre to Joe Girardi. That's a tough thing to do. That is a tough thing to do from going from a guy that, you know, won so many titles for a franchise that, you know, a storied franchise, we all know that, and he brings, uh, he just brings a different perspective. And I, I, I think if there's one person that would be the most accepting of the um, analytics and, and working with baseball operations as far as how much they want to provide information, I think Joe would bring bring that. And I think it would be a win. On number one, I think it would be a win to hire him in Philadelphia. But number two, not hire him in, in not have him hired in in New York. And I look at that franchise and I look at what they have as far as the pitching staff. And you're going, come on. But there's a belief in me that, you know, Joe Girardi can attract people and attract free agents to come in and play for him. And, and they understand the person. They understand the, broad, the broadcaster, the, the manager. Um, they understand that there's, there's no fake behind him. The best part about all three of these candidates, there's no fake. What you get. And what you see every day is real. And I, I I think that to me in the Philadelphia market, maybe I'm speaking out of turn on this one, but I think that is as, as vital as anything. So for me, I look at all three candidates being great. I think the last guy in the room technically has the upper hand on all this because you got the first two guys who probably wowed him more than anything with Dusty and Buck and how prepped they are and all that stuff. But you have a chance if you're the last guy. And and look, everything's in your court. You know that you have the New York Mets behind you. You know, they're they're probably waiting. Are they going to hire him or they're not? Whatever they. And I could see John Middleton. I could see Andy McPhail, Matt Clintack, Ned Rice making a choice and not looking back on it and second guessing themselves in any three of these guys. This is not a uh, organizational, hey, we need you to go on here and talk about this. No, no, no. This is a true belief of Kevin Franz and myself of what I think the franchise could do in itself by just picking one of these guys. They lim- they, they they brought it down from, you know, from Gabe, who is the forward thinker that it, look, it's going to take time and wherever he goes, it's going to take time to someone that's done it. And I think in, in all seriousness, none of those candidates are bad. 
all of them are great. And I hope, uh, well, I hope all three, if one of them accepts it. Because <laughs> that's the other part. Are you going to accept the job or not? So anyway, uh, I, I think for the franchise, this is one of the most important weeks in franchise history. I do. With a, I'm not going to say a teetering fan base, but a fan base that it just wants, they just want it. A fan base that just wants it. Wants what? Yeah, a World Series title would be awesome. But getting to the playoffs and being, uh, you know, the tenth man, being the being the group that could provide that energy. I they've been waiting for that. They've been waiting that since the two the end of the 2011 season. And so for me, I'm excited for for this week for the opportunity and hopefully when the manager selected. The PR staff of the Philadelphia Phillies, also the runners of this MLB.com type podcast, will allow us to speak to the new manager. So stay tuned for that this week. And let's go a little bit into the Houston Astros and Washington National Series. And look, you could say all you want. Oh, it's the Nationals. Oh, I hate the Nationals. Oh, you know, I think it's awesome when you have a team that's representing your division. And whether they're your rivals or not, that's fine. That's just competition for me. I I just I I, I seek it. I, I love it because it, it shows more and more about you know how does a, a franchise respond and what the Washington Nationals have done in in, in slaying the dragon in the Los Angeles Dodgers, the two back to back National League representatives in the World Series. It's uh, to go in and, and beat St. Louis. It just, for me, I, I, I like it. I, I have a lot of friends on that team. Um, I, I enjoy that franchise, except for when we play them as the Philadelphia Phillies franchise. And so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for this. But, guys, look at this. you got Cole, Garrett Cole, possibly a Philadelphia Philly next year versus Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander versus Steven Strasburg. Would the Phillies entertain him? Zach Granke versus... Uh, Patrick Corbin, one that got away. So I, I, I find it fascinating. You look at all these things. I still think that, you know, the way you know, Justin Verlander looked the last time out, which was fantastic after the first inning. But this was the opportunity for the Astros to go Cole, Granke, and, and Verlander. And I, I really think that uh, putting Granke in between Verlander and Cole would have been nasty. That's a tough look. That is a tough look if you are a Washington Nationals hitter. You're going from 100 to a guy that's able to pitch and then to a guy that pitches at 95 to you know 97 in Jesse Verlander. Uh, I have said the Nationals are going to win this in six. Uh, and it's a tough task because all this depends on game one. And this has nothing to do about the Washington Nationals winning game one. But if they can compete, if they could put up great at-bats, if they can continually fight and put that effort in against the Garrett Cole and the Houston Astros, I do think they will win this series. But if they come out flat in game one, does it does it represent the entire series? No, but it is not. It is one of those beliefs when you have a week off that it, it's how you come out. And, you know, can you punch him in the mouth in Garrett Cole? I think is a huge deal for the Washington Nationals. 
So game one importance of, of coming out and, and doing what you know Washington's been doing all year and, and not letting things get away. Um, you know, for Houston, I mean, come on. How awesome was that the other night in Jose Altuve and the walk-off homer against Aroldis Chapman? Just a fantastic game and series. So I am looking at this and going, okay. Jordan Alvarez has not done much in the postseason. Not done much. And people aren't talking about him enough. They're talking about more sitting him. It, to me, he's the guy. He's the guy. If the Houston Astros can get Jordan Alvarez to start to go off in this series, just get, get going right away. I'd be nervous if I were the Washington Nationals. I would. I think that what he has done is uh, proven that he is one of the best power and slash hitters in the entire big leagues. And he has not done it yet. And it's just that wait, wait in time. So, you know, Trey Turner and for, for me, the two guys that, that mean more than anything in this series outside of the big, you know, the big dogs and Rendon, Soto, um, for the Washington Nationals, I think Trey Turner is the main guy. He gets on base. He can create some havoc. Uh, I, I think, you know, you've seen, the, you heard about it. He, they're like 60 games over 500 since 2017. 60 games over 500 since 2017 when Trey Turner scores a run. Isn't that stupid? Yeah, it's stupid. And Jordan Alvarez. I think those are, you know, you got Altuve, you got Bregman. Uh, Guriel, you could talk about, you know, Correa, you could, you could go on and on about this entire team, Michael Brantley, but Jordan Alvarez is the guy for the Houston Astros that I would look at. So I got Washington nationals in six. I got the two guys to pay attention to more than anything. Jordan Alvarez for the Houston Astros and Trey Turner for the Washington nationals. Washington nationals have been terrible in the past series with Trey Turner. Who's done nothing, but when he has done something. They have gotten past their, their guys, and that's this postseason. He's done something quite often. So I hope it's a great World Series. I hope you guys have enjoyed this pine tar for breakfast. And hopefully we'll be talking later this week as we enter the new managing experience from whomever it may be. Joe Girardi, Buck Showalter, Dusty Baker. This is Pine Tar for Breakfast and your host, Kevin Franzen. I'll talk to you later. Peace.